to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into season two, episode six of Twin Peaks. Ooh, we're almost there. <laughs> I could feel it throughout the episode. <laughs> and I immediately wanted to just go on and watch the next one and just abandon all my um, job duties for the day. <laughs> But I, you know, I couldn't do that. So I'm just, I'm really bad about um, if I know something's coming, I'm like, I gotta find out what it is. <laughs> I just need to know right now. Yes. And I demand that you watch it with me. So you can't watch yes. it on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll be watching it very soon from this recording. So I'm yes. so excited. Yeah. I was looking up some stuff for the deep dive and I noticed that when this episode was released it or when the next episode was released that they built it as like this is the big episode you're gonna find out so i feel oh. like you're in the appropriate headspace of what a person in 1991 <laughs> would be like <laughs> perfect yeah i was thinking that because i you know was able to watch season one and then read the secret diary and then do season two i feel like i'm getting like the diehard fan treatment yeah uh, basically doing what diehard fans back in the day were doing. So I'm totally <laughs> getting the best Twin Peaks experience as well as our listeners. As is appropriate. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel so, I feel so like well-informed and I don't feel lost ever. It feels great. And also I was thinking that it's watching it like this, like week to week for me is a new experience since when it came out when I was 12, because no, I think since I got the, you know, VHS box set back in the day, I've always just binged it, man, you know, like not, you know, like all in one day, but like several like, episodes yeah. until I couldn't stay awake anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so now you're getting the experience of like really taking in everything of one episode at a time must be yes. very different. <laughs> It is because you notice all the like these little things, but then also you forget details from the beginning. Like for instance, mm -hmm. one of our previous episodes, we were wondering who the other Renault brother was that got killed and did Cooper kill him? And I thought that it was Andy during the thing, but that was actually Jacques, but I don't oh, think he right. killed him. He just, you know, shot, shot him. But Bernard was killed by Leo because he was a snitch about the drug running and Ben uh, told Leo to kill him because he got released from jail. And so they were afraid he would- Snitch um, again. <laughs> wow. I looked it up just so I would remember. And I was like, <laughs> how am I supposed to remember this? <laughs> I know I've seen it a million times, but this is a very elaborate plot for such a very, very small person who's barely in it. <laughs> well, I, I kind of like the aspect of like, maybe forgetting certain details from earlier in series because I get a lot of enjoyment of like when it comes full circle and you're like, oh my God, I forgot about that thing. And then it's like, you get the, maybe like the connecting piece or it links to something else. And it just, yeah, I love the feeling of that. Like right now I'm watching Mayor of Easttown and, you know, trying to figure out like, you know, what's going on, what's going on. And I'm like trying to remember everything from like <laughs> week one and week two. And I'm like, I can't remember. It's just going to have to be a surprise for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, it's good. I was thinking that when I was watching it today, I was noticing little things. Mm -hmm. oh, well, things that aren't relevant until maybe the next episode. But I was thinking this show has so much rewatchability because like you yep. do forget all these little details that are kind of been peppered in the beginning and then you go back and watch it. But like 
it wasn't a time period where you could really do a lot of rewatching of a show. Like sometimes it would go on syndication, but you know, you couldn't necessarily rely on that happening. I think you had to like five seasons for that to be assured. Right. And it's just interesting how great it is and how cool it is now that we get to watch it back and, you know, rewatch it and catch all those details. Yeah. Cause I think I remember when Bernard showed up this time or, you know, when we watched it back in last year thinking, oh, I better remember this because it's a detail I always forget. <laughs> and well. <laughs> oh, but I really did like this episode. So what were your first impressions of this one? I also really enjoyed this one. I feel like it was, I don't know, like I, I had this like anticipation for things to keep happening almost in like every scene. Like we had scenes where Leo's <laughs> coming home and, you know, weird little things that he's like is he like completely out of it or is he not and right the, all the stuff with Josie and like it's just it's crazy how much like stuff and then Audrey coming home and then that talk she had with her dad <laughs> is so like yeah. oh god so yeah I feel like everyone seems especially murderous yes <laughs> like, everyone seems nefarious everyone seems like they could be the killer <laughs> it's like every single person in this episode had a nemesis and they were all like playing against that person and everyone was like well i have to get over that person i have to get one up on that one and yeah <laughs> everyone had these like little battles and i just i really liked it and it's a really good builder for our next episode which is going to be like a really huge one yeah which you haven't even seen yet it's not no. like you know the last couple episodes we kind of were doing two at once so right. you haven't seen two in a row and but no we don't we don't know what's coming until next no. week <laughs> <laughs> i'm very excited i'm gonna go ahead and oh my god i was thinking like oh i should lock in my final guest before tomorrow for like for oh. the next episode not tomorrow <laughs> So I'm thinking like, because my, my firm You want to guess, do it at the end or the beginning? I'll do it at the end you of go the ahead. episode. You can go ahead and do it if you want. <laughs> okay, I'll do it now. Uh, my, my, <laughs> Sorry. My, it's okay. My firm <laughs> guess for a while was that Leland was the killer. But uh-huh. it just feels like that's not where the show is taking me but then also I'm like is it like a way are they like forming it so I don't think it's Leland but it actually is and so I'm gonna say my final guess on who the killer is is Ben Horn all right that's my final down in the book (laughs) final guess (laughs) we'll see if I'm right but that is you have the right to change your mind up until the end of this episode (laughs) right (laughs) I feel like it's a very it's kind of like a I don't want to say like an easy target to pick Ben but I feel like there's so many other mysteries of the show that not that the killer is not a big mystery but that there are going to be other things to figure out too. So it's okay yeah. if this is maybe just a little bit more of like a quote unquote expected person. Right, 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 right. That's my final guess. All right. Well, I don't want to say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say anything. <laughs> Have the best poker face. In terms of my guess, did I already say my first impression? I never really do, but... I think... I think you we were like we go back and forth so we kind of yeah. just talk about our first impressions together 
Yeah, I, I really did. I really liked this episode. You know, I don't think there's any huge, are there any huge, big, like, pivotal things? It just feels like, oh, finally Donna's selling the place and, <laughs> you know, finally Audrey's home and, yeah, you know, things do definitely seem like, oh, but Josie's leaving and there's all sorts of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, and then I was, like, super kind of, like, brought in at the very end when we have that scene with the one-armed man and when he like is kind of telling them where bob oh, is yeah. and then cooper yeah. is like oh i know where it is and it's so, such a twin peaks moment <laughs> it is it is and then that like outside shot of the great northern and it's like that spooky music like Ooh. yeah yeah <laughs> so this is a good this is a good episode it built up a lot of tension and it just made me so excited for the next episode. Yes, which I think is exactly what it was meant to do. <laughs> exactly. It did its job. All right. Well, let's get into the notes. Yes. Okay. So surprisingly, I couldn't find a lot on this episode. For notes wise but I'd probably for the next episode I'll have a lot more <laughs> it's such a pivotal one I know how to switch um, the deep dive because I was like I feel like this one is the one that I switched to today was too long for the next one because I was like I think we're going to be wanting to talk a lot more in that episode so I should cut down yeah. on the <laughs> talking <laughs> the deep dive <laughs> yeah the next episode will have a lot of commentary I'm sure <laughs> But so for episode two, I mean, um, season two, episode six, excuse me, <laughs> um, it premiered on November 3rd, 1990. So very spooky post Halloween time. Yeah, perfect timing. Yes. It was directed by Leslie Linkaglatter, who directed, I think, two other episodes we've seen this season so far. Yes. And I've liked all of them. Yes. <laughs> it was like, she's back. I mean, it's a good episode. <laughs> Not that they're bad, but you know. And then for writers, this episode was written by Harley Payton and Robert Ingalls. Mm-hmm, they're regulars. Yes. And then for new cast members, I think we really only had one, or maybe we had a couple. We had, of course, David Lynch as Chief Gordon Cole, my favorite. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good, and so funny. We have Ian Abercrombie as Tom Brockman. I was trying to remember who that was, but I, <laughs> for some reason, I can't remember. So Oh, oh he's the guy with Shelly and Bobby, probably, who's, like, giving them their check. Oh, yeah, probably, probably, probably. Yeah. And then I don't know if I ever gave the credit to the actor for The One-Armed Man, but we have Al Strobel as Philip Michael Gerard back as The One-Armed Man, finally. Yeah, I think you have. Okay. I never remember if I do. But you can so. always give him another shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that was our only like new cast members. Cool. And then let's see. Let's see. Just some like fun little trivia thing. The song that Leland sings in the Great Northern is from The King and I called Getting to Know yep. You, which I think <laughs> Pete kind of <laughs> yells out at the end of the scene. <laughs> Yeah. The king and I. (laughs) (laughs) And then Uh, I have the log lady intro if you would like me to read it. Yes, please. Okay. 
Sometimes we want to hide from ourselves. We do not want to be us. It is too difficult to be us. It is at these times that we turn to drugs and alcohol or behavior to forget that we are ourselves. This is, of course, only a temporary solution to a problem which is going to keep returning, and sometimes these temporary solutions are worse for us than the original problem. Yes, it is a dilemma. Is there an answer? Of course there is. A wise person once said with a smile, the answer is within the question. <laughs> I feel like that pertains to several people like Shelly and Bobby and Josie, maybe Laura. Harold, Donna. Yeah. She's really, yeah. she's she's back in her guru mode and it's <laughs> giving <laughs> wise words. Yeah. I feel like last week was the only one that I was like, I don't really see how that pertains specifically to this episode, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like. The Give us your lady... opinions on that one. If you want to write in with that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think the like rewatching the series episode by episode, it would probably be really useful especially for the log lady intro, just because you're like, it's so cryptic and you kind of have to like decipher it and getting these little things in the episode probably helps you relate it more. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows next rewatch, it <laughs> might be like, oh, makes sense. We understand. <laughs> it's nice to have her in every, you know, her advice, even if we don't see her on screen every episode. <laughs> yes, I agree. All right. Was well, that it? Should we go ahead and do the recap? Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. Okay, the episode title, Demons. <laughs> <laughs> Scary. <laughs> okay, so we start with pictures of orchids, like inside the orchids. Yes. And we see Harold with the claw and scratches <laughs> down his face. <laughs> We're picking right up from where we left off. And Donna and Maddie are still there grasping each other. Harold says that he thought Donna was different, that he may be able to go back out and trust the world, but she's just like all the others. She lies, betrays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. He says that she laughs about it. And that she is unclean. Whoa. <laughs> I okay, yeah. Well, to be fair, she did look like she was laughing a little bit, which I kind of was too because <laughs> it was so ridiculous. It's that whole like sentiment that like weird men do, where they're like, "I thought you were different, but you're just like the rest," and this is why I hate everyone. And I just am like, whatever. Like, stop putting all your problems on a teenage girl let's <laughs> let's not forget that she's a teenager sicko well harold has obviously got some major stuff going on <laughs> yeah and also the unclean comment i'm just gonna say it again very serial killer-esque that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he may not be laura's killer but he is definitely yeah. a serial killer <laughs> i was doing some research on him and i was remembering that in the diary Mm -hmm. I think Laura says that she rapes him oh, one time. Yeah, I think it was... Was it him or was it another resident that she did the wheels on wheels? No, no, no. Another guy died and she sat with him. Oh, right. But I okay. think Harold, if I'm remembering correctly, she's like, I just, you know... And she was. this is something she was telling Dr. Jacoby. Right. Like, anyway, just to say that he's probably... 
He's had a lot of trauma. Uh, I think Laura was probably gave, did a number on him. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so the music in this whole part is like, it's like kind of a harpsichordish maybe. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like 1980s Doctor Who. Because uh-huh. it's got, it's something about it. It's just got like this, the sound that reminds me of it. I love the music from <laughs> Doctor Who in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> he lunges at the girls, ripping the diary away just as James bursts in and drags them out. And I was like, you should grab that diary with your life and be like, no, I didn't go through all this to lose this diary now. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, after all of that, we don't end up with the diary. Are you kidding me? Seriously. Why do these girls have butterfingers? <laughs> I would have ripped it in half if I had to. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't get it. Well, <sighs> anyway. Okay, so Donna apologizes to James outside and they both collapse to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the soapiness is back. <laughs> it's so soapy, but it's great. They play it really well and uh, they, they need to go to the sheriff. And as usual, she just wants him to hold her. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't want to wear blazers and have my hair down anymore. (laughs) Maddie is just an afterthought. And she she has some expression. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I don't think it's happiness. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Inside, Harold frantically mists his orchids and then screams like a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) Psycho. So then we have um, more ominous music as we kind of finish the credits in the dark woods, which the credits usually do come over the scene, but you never notice them. Like this one felt like a opening scene and then credits, you know? Like yeah. Cold open. Yeah, it did. Okay, so then we go to the bookhouse. The bookhouse coffee shop, we'll all remember now from the diary. Yes. <laughs> the bookhouse is the coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> It's not a private club for the bookhouse boys. <laughs> <laughs> Cooper carries Audrey in. Did I say that? And Hawk is in his civvies, I think, is what I started to write. <laughs> Hawk is in his civvies and some bikers look on. Audrey calls out for her daddy. Can he see her? And she says it hurts her and she can't breathe. And she finally sees Cooper and hugs him. Oh. <sighs> Thank goodness you're back. <laughs> Donna is with James like as Maddie is leaving I guess maybe Leland came to pick her up or something and suddenly Donna is all like Maddie was so brave what if something had happened to her like <laughs> you care <laughs> I was gonna say as she's leaving she's like oh wait she was there too <laughs> James says no more investigating okay he, he thinks if they keep their hearts together they'll be safe no matter what and as their song plays they kiss that's <laughs> <laughs> just like <laughs> no more investigate what kind of biker are you <laughs> well he's definitely ended up in jail several times because of their investigations and really they should not have partaken in this one i mean at least once they found the diary it should have been okay now's the police not i think i'm gonna secretly fall in love with this man <laughs> <laughs> well it's like you know she does like a messed up person though she what she does she does like a messed up person oh yeah laura was her best friend <laughs> donna has a type to surround herself with people who are so troubled <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Okay, so Cooper is catching Harry up. Audrey was given close to a lethal dose of heroin, which I'm wondering why she never went to the doctor. Did they go to the doctor first? And they're like, well, that's a lethal dose. Take her back to the bookhouse. <laughs> Let her sleep it off. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's part of his FBI training. Maybe he took her. It's just weird because it feels like at this point, maybe he took her to the doctor and, but she's never in the hospital. Yeah, we don't Next time we see that. her is back at the bookhouse. <laughs> maybe it's that free Canadian healthcare. <laughs> We're not in Canada. <laughs> but maybe they went before they left. Canada. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. This is at a free clinic on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, okay. So Harry also found Jean Renault's mugshot in the mugshot book. Cooper knows that he was the target and that Audrey was bait. And he blames himself for being neutral good <laughs> when he should have been lawful good. <laughs> neutral good is better, in my opinion. Well, he's like, I should have been lawful good. And Harry thinks Cooper thinks too much. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Cooper brings back his money. Oh, Cooper brings Ben back his money. Ben plays dumb about one-eyed jacks. And <laughs> I'm like, how how do you think Cooper does not know this? But Cooper tells him that Audrey is recovering from a drug overdose and Ben thanks him. It was an interesting scene because it's in the like dining room of the Great Northern. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a very tense scene because <laughs> you could definitely tell that Ben was probably more happy that he got his money back. Oh, yeah. Benny is especially nefarious in this episode. I mean, Cooper is very suspicious of him, we'll say. <laughs> it seems like throughout yeah. this episode. Yeah, that's why I kind of changed like, my Ben guess. is not a good liar. <laughs> no, he's a terrible liar. But I think he also <laughs> doesn't care that he's a bad liar. Because <laughs> yeah. he can probably just get away with it. Exactly. Okay, so Bobby is trying to maneuver Leo in his most old-fashioned wheelchair. <laughs> they the insurance guy i presume yes is very admiring of their dedication to full-time at-home care <laughs> he gives shelly the check but it's only for seven hundred dollars they were supposed to get five thousand a month <laughs> it would be best <laughs> <laughs> i mean seriously I'd be like take him back to jail come back to yeah jail. <laughs> he trial. can go somewhere else <laughs> Uh, Shelly and Bobby start to fight, but then Leo makes a sound and they both shut up. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. That's scary. I hate all these scenes because they're so scary. <laughs> Donna tells Harry about the diary and Harold, finally. Um, Harry is like, you're kind of like the boy who cried wolf at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, last time you tried this, Jacoby ended up in the hospital. But then someone who looks almost exactly like David Lynch comes down the hallway <laughs> yelling for Harry S. Truman. <laughs> <laughs> and regional bureau chief Gordon Cole comes in. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We're finally meeting him. I mean, we've heard him only on the phone before. I know. I'm pretty but sure, he's... right? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't met him yet. And he's, I think so. And he's just as funny as I thought it would be. <laughs> I love him. His hearing is gone, and so he speaks very loud, and he has, like, and 
an answering machine. <laughs> a hearing aid. <laughs> uh, exterior <laughs> with like tubes and a little thing that he could turn up. It's very funny. Yes. He says that Albert found fibers from a Vicuna coat in the Cooper's shooting case, like in the hallway. Mm-hmm. He keeps calling the one-armed man the one-armor. <laughs> Jesus. He says the one armor's drugs are a weird combo of stuff. They never also found it. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I <didn't interrupt> you. <laughs> no, I just said they never seen it before. Yes, yes. But it's close to Haloperidol, I think they say later. Something like that. Yeah. They also found diary pages at the train car hmm. where Laura was killed. Then Hawk brings in Philip Gerard and Gordon Cole says, there's the one armor now. <laughs> <laughs> to be hard of hearing, but to also just like speak your mind immediately. <laughs> it's like, ooh, bad combo. <laughs> I know. Uh, and they forget about Donna. <laughs> <laughs> she did come out and was like, um, excuse me. Hello. <laughs> Okay, then we see Audrey in bed. Cooper wakes her to see her father. She doesn't seem to believe that he's worried about her. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Cooper, like, rolls his eyes at Ben at one point. <laughs> he did. I laughed. I saw that. Uh, Audrey says she saw so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she wants to tell Cooper her secrets because she's like, I want Cooper to take me home, but... Ben is like, let's all go together because he doesn't want any secrets spilled. Mm-mm. He knows that she knows everything. Yep. Okay, so Nadine comes home from shopping. <laughs> <laughs> the best. No one even looked twice at her when she was using her credit card. <laughs> <laughs> she said, isn't it neat to have the place all to themselves? <laughs> and then she wants to do some stuff. and then she playfully punches him in the stomach doubling him over (laughs) (laughs) my that's my favorite like weird like extra like exaggerated that's what i meant to say aspect of the show is like how (laughs) strong nadine is because it's so funny to me every time i laugh out loud yeah i love i love her (laughs) i love that she was strong before this mental break so it's like she always had this crazy strength Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> then she she jumps on him like a spider monkey and starts kissing him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, now we see Jonathan buckling his pants as Josie lays on the couch crying. Ugh, so sad. <sighs> he throws a plane ticket at her and says they leave tonight. And she says she's not leaving until she gets her insurance money. He can't make her. And he says he'll kill her and Harry if she doesn't come. Lame. Yeah, so evil. So Maddie is watching the lake. It's a very idyllic scene. Mm -hmm. James drives up on his motorcycle. He wants to apologize for feeling like she was Laura. (laughs) (laughs) And Maddie's like, well, I kind of liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone likes to pretend to be Laura. Yeah. Yeah, they just like to pretend, though. Yeah. They wouldn't want to actually have been her. <laughs> no. She says that when they were kids, they were connected. And she knows that, or she says 
she oh yeah maddie says it wasn't wrong for her to feel that way but now she's just her again and she knows that he and donna belong together <laughs> i was like i wrote i can barely hear him talk he's so quiet <laughs> <laughs> he is he's like oh he's just so meek it's just really funny him and donna both whisper all their lines and i'm like why what do you have i whisper? feel like they were like <laughs> Just to make it extra soapy, harshly whisper your alliance <laughs> intensively to everyone. <laughs> I can barely hear them. And so Maddie says she's going home tomorrow. This is goodbye. <sighs> Don't leave, Maddie. No, I like Maddie. Okay, so Ben is pouring Josie a drink at the Great Northern. This is a fun scene. It is. She wants her money now. And he says he doesn't have the money, but Josie refuses to leave without it. He threatens her with the dirt he has on her involving her husband's boat accident. But hmm. Josie also has dirt on Ben. And they laugh when they reach a stalemate. <laughs> <laughs> I I love the scene because like it wasn't like the, the the tension of it was like very playful, I thought. Yeah. But I find I find it clearly that Ben thinks that they're equals. But I feel like Josie is way above him. Yeah, well, she seemed to, like, know everything he was going to do and have a response. And he was just kind of like, oh, well, you outplayed me. <laughs> yeah, well, and even, like, in the type of response, like, he's like, this is the key to my personal safe. <laughs> and she's like, well, I have a lockbox in a different state that you don't even know where it is. And it has all this information. <laughs> and it's dependent on my continued health and happiness. <laughs> Exactly. So she definitely is way more she's better at being nefarious than he is and he doesn't even realize it because he's so stupid. Yeah. She wants cash and he gives her five million. The cashier's check I assume that he got from Tajimura. Yes. Tajimura. <laughs> can't, can't keep it straight. <laughs> and he says well played. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so at the Johnson house, Leo is decorated for a party as everyone plays kazoos. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly and Bobby are drunk. They make out on the table in front of him. He, they say, I think Bobby says, this is your life, Leo Johnson. You deserve it. And then <laughs> Leo moves. <laughs> and Shelly decides that it's too creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Bobby actually apologizes to Leo and offers him some cake. And Leo slams his face into it. <laughs> Say, good thing they didn't light the candles. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bobby pulls him out of the cake by his ponytail. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Leo. I mean... Not poor Leo, but like... Yeah, I don't feel bad for Leo. <laughs> I feel bad for the actor a little bit. <laughs> it is kind of lame to just sit there and yeah. lightly mumble to yourself, but... But he I does do... a good job. Yeah, he does a great job of <laughs> playing slightly <laughs> vegetative. Yeah. But I do feel bad for Shelly, because... Mm-hmm. It's it's I don't know I this these scenes were the creepiest to me where he just kind of looks at her I'm like oh he knows he's I know. awake I know I know I feel like he's too nefarious to be like just in a coma <laughs> yeah his body wouldn't let him 
Okay, so back at the station, Cooper comes in and is excited to see Gordon. <laughs> I like the way he points at him before he even looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's like, I know exactly where you are. <laughs> Gordon seems to just be guessing at what others are saying at any given moment. <laughs> <laughs> they beam at each other and I beam at them because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like their together. relationship. <laughs> yeah. They seem like they love each other. Cooper reminds Gordon of a small Mexican chihuahua. (laughs) It's like a very interesting pronunciation. (laughs) (laughs) He takes him somewhere private, but speaks loud enough for everyone to hear. (laughs) He says he's worried about him. He's gotten in over his head before. And Cooper assures him that he is A-OK. And Harry comes in. (laughs) He's like, I hope you know we can all hear everything you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) But Gordon got a message for Coop. It is a chess deal. And it's from Wyndham Earl. Dun, dun, dun. (gasps) They'll have to watch his back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did learn about Wyndham Earl in one of the last episodes. He was Cooper's ex-partner. Who right. went to the mental asylum, I believe, or something. Or escaped from the mental asylum. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, back at the Great Northern, Ben is meeting with Leland, and he says that he needs him back because he now has a better sense of what Leland has been going through for the past few weeks. Hmm. And Leland assures him that he is 110%. (laughs) 110% unwell. <laughs> that extra 10% is the part you gotta worry about. Um, <laughs> he gets distracted by the fur of a stuffed weasel behind him. <laughs> and he seems back on his game lawyer wise. Yeah. Uh, ben is happy to see it. And they pat each other in lieu of a hug. <laughs> <laughs> the very awkward exchange. <laughs> okay. Harry arrives at Josie's, just as her and Jonathan are heading out. Poor timing. I mean, he would never even know if he hadn't shown up at that moment. I don't think she called him first. (laughs) She tells him she's going away. She sold the mill and she's going home. They kiss and Harry says that she can't leave and that he loves her. And she turns and walks out, but she seems reluctant, (laughs) but she doesn't say it back. No, she, I think she wanted to, but yeah, not with Jonathan so close. Yeah. Uh, we don't really know what kind of a, what their situation is yet, but he obviously, yeah. I mean, he does choke her at one point. Yeah. Or like at least threatened to. So clearly he's yeah. like, not a great guy. <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, he went over and kicked Hank's ass for no reason in the middle of the night. <laughs> but we like that though. Yeah, we did. But, I mean, just to prove that he's got violence. Yes. <laughs> tendencies. <laughs> of course. Okay, so Ben and Mr. Tajimura are talking. Yes, so we definitely make the connection here that Tajimura gave Ben the cashier's check that he subsequently gave to Josie. Yes. And Ben is kind of trying to give him the runaround. And Tajimura says he knows about fire. His family was in Nagasaki. <laughs> I was like, what is, 
What is that again? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he's trying to give him the runaround about like the mill fire, and he's like, right. "I know about the fire. My family was in Nagasaki." <laughs> so Leland is doing karaoke again, singing <laughs> "Getting to Know You." <laughs> he sounds so good, karaoke. though. He's a good singer. Yeah. <laughs> ben tries to stop him, but Leland forces him to join in. <laughs> and I said, hey, it's that piano player. <laughs> oh, it was. <laughs> and I actually have something in my notes about her. Oh. Ben Ben basically thinks Leland is acting for his temporary insanity plea. Mm-hmm. And Pete is at the bar, and he knows the song. It's from The King and I. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha Mora is next to him, and he asks if he likes musicals. And he says, no. And he says, not even Fiddler? <laughs> <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof, I should say. <laughs> Everyone I did that show once, so now I call it Fiddler. <laughs> <laughs> Tajimura says he finds fantasy troubling. <laughs> Pete offers to buy him a sake or a glass of cold milk. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting second option. <laughs> I love that that's what Pete drinks at the bar. Yes. Cold glass of milk. <laughs> okay, so Philip Gerard is at the police station. He wants his medicine. And Cooper is wondering if he has multiple personality disorder because they figure out what it, the drug gets close to. Philip bends back in his chair and his voice gets echoey. And then he comes back to as Mike. He says that he is an inhabiting spirit. And that Bob was his familiar. He says where he comes from cannot be revealed. He's a, uh, Bob is eager for fun. He wears a smile. Everybody run. <laughs> uh. <laughs> he says that Bob is a parasite and requires a human host. He feeds on fear and the pleasures. And they were once partners. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like any of it. I don't like, especially the natural poetry that he speaks in. <laughs> it's very creepy. Yes. It's natural po poeticness. It's <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Bob is a parasite that requires a human host. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> Just thought, <laughs> thoughts running through my head. What is he doing at the Great Northern? Okay, so yeah, so then we hear Cooper and Mike recite some of his poetry together, the one that something from his dream. Through the darkness of future's past, the magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Fire, walk with me. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> he says, It was then he saw the face of God and was purified. His purpose now is to stop Bob. Few can actually see his true face, the gifted and the damned. Ugh. Bob has been near for 40 years, and he's now in the Great Northern Hotel. Ugh. He does have like a whole riddle of where he is, but it ends yeah. up it's the Great Northern. <laughs> yes, and then we have that amazing shot of it outside with the spooky Halloween music. Yeah, so let's think. Who has seen Bob? Sarah? Cooper? Yes. Maddie. Maddie? Has she seen him? Yeah, remember yeah, she, she saw him on the floor. Oh, right. Well, she saw And then the, it crawling, too. The stain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leland. Leland. Did you say um, Laura's mom? 
Sarah, yeah. Yep, sorry. I, when he said only the gifted or the damned, I kind of first thought of the log lady because she, mm. to me, is like a gifted yeah. person, very in tune. So she's probably I was thinking Cooper was probably one of the yeah. gifted. And probably the Palmers are the damned because... Yeah, because <laughs> they're <laughs> the tragic end of the story. Yeah. And I'm sure Ronette has seen him. Yes. Uh, yep. So. Well, yeah, definitely. She's probably damned as well. I mean... <laughs> she seems not well, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> uh, I would say the late log lady would probably be the gifted as well if she saw yeah. him. Yeah, I agree. Which I wouldn't be surprised if she did yeah, I was just thinking like, cause the log lady has been there probably the whole time Bob has been there. And if she's seen him, then I, I think it's very interesting that she would be of the gifted and that Bob would not inhabit her or like try to like torment her. And maybe mm. he sees her as like too much, either either like she's too much trouble to mess with because of maybe some of, sort of the giftedness that she has or he just is like, I don't want to mess with that lady. <laughs> and that just makes me love the log lady even more. You know, we do get to hear a little bit about her backstory in one of the Twin Peaks books, I think, The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Uh-huh. So that's like between Firewalk With Me and the third season. Like before the third season came out, he released the secret, Mark Frost released the secret history of Twin Peaks. And I uh-huh. think there is some stuff about her childhood. And so maybe if we can't remember it all, we'll we'll maybe find out some of this later. I remember from the secret diary that when she talked to Laura, she seemed to kind of understand what was going on with Laura. Yeah. I I wonder if maybe the log lady and Laura started at the same point with Bob, but the log lady didn't kind of give in to like his bad, whatever, like his the dark side, essentially, you could say. And she chose his other path and that maybe that's what kind of drove him away from her. Maybe. That's my personal theory <laughs> of- Headcanon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, she's definitely, I think that if anything, she probably has some protection from her log. Yes. <laughs> that's why she carries it around everywhere she goes. Yeah. So what, did you have a favorite scene? Oh gosh. Hmm. There's so many of those episodes. I really enjoyed the the scene at the end with Mike and the kind of like the riddles that he was talking in and the yeah. back and forth between him and Cooper. I just like the whole way it unraveled to that end where we get to find out that Bob is at the Great Northern. Yeah, that was a great. That's probably definitely up there and one of my favorites. I would say the other two that I really liked were the Ben and Josie scene. Yes, that one was great too. I love. <laughs> I really that. liked Josie in that scene, and I like the Leo party scene. And mm-hmm. nothing for nothing else than it just gave us the best like meme image for any Twin Peaks party thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, I definitely the Ben Josie tete a tete. It's one of my favorites yes. from this episode. That was my close second. I just, I feel like because we had this long break from Josie that we kind of forget how like great of a character she is. Yeah. And that scene, I kind of feel like brings it all back and then gives us some more where we're like, we don't, I, at least for me, I don't want Josie to leave. I'm like, I want you to stay and keep, you know, (laughs) being a 
pivotal player in the whole story. Yeah. Well, I don't think this is the last we'll see of her. I'll just say that. I don't. I don't <laughs> think so either. So, which makes me excited to see what happens to her. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait for you to see what happens to her. Okay. <laughs> me too. <laughs> All right. So, ready for the deep dive? I am. Okay, for demons. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriate title once again. The logline was Regional Bureau Chief Gordon Cole pays a visit to Twin Peaks and without chemicals, the one-armed man provides answers. Ugh, straight to the point. Or the one-armer, if you're Gordon Cole. <laughs> right. <laughs> so from the Twin Peaks Unwrapped book, I got some little tidbits. One was that... Trudy, the piano player, was actually Bob Ingalls' wife. And so he kept oh. bringing her in. Because I was like, <laughs> she keeps reoccurring. She's always playing the piano. She normally does like musical comedy as oh, her wow. career. So he kept writing her in as the piano player. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. And Leslie Linka-Gladder got to direct David Lynch at his first Twin Peaks appearance. And... During the scene where he was having the private conversation with Coop, she and all the crew were just hysterically laughing on the floor. They thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. But, okay, for the deep dive, I did it on Harold. Okay. I was going to do this for the next one, but... And I was going to do the one-armed man this time, but the Harold stuff, I have some really interesting stuff, and it's... A little bit longer, so I decided to do it today. <laughs> I like it. And the next one has got so much. I'm like, Harold is not the most important thing going on. So <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> I should have done it last again. episode, really. But okay, so I found from the website lostinthemovies.com, which I think is mm, I want to say Joel Baco, someone who has a um, a. Twin Peaks podcast and producer. But they went through and like did deep dives on all the characters, which I just discovered. I was oh. like, I should have been visiting this site the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so Harold, the character, was conceived by Harley Payton, and he was inspired by the Inman Diaries. So I told you a little bit about Inman the last episode, but I have a little right. bit more about him because yeah. he's very interesting. I mean, in a, you know... Creepy way. Yeah. <laughs> so his name was Arthur Crew Inman, and he was an Atlanta heir and frustrated poet who moved to Brookline and bought several apartments around his own to shield himself from surrounding noise. Mm-hmm. Imagining many of his conditions while also possibly suffering from a few real ones... Some have actually speculated that he had frontal lobe epilepsy, but he maintained a diary for 43 years, stretching from the year after World War One to the year that Kennedy was killed. And it included extensive interviews with various guests, many of whom he would sleep with. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, he did have a wife who likely knew of and tolerated his numerous affairs. Ooh, very progressive. But he was also a paranoid 
a paranoid, okay, that's a word I don't recognize, but he was like a paranoid right winger who loathed Jews, Italians, and oh, Roosevelt God. and admired Hitler. According well. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Not a great guy. According to Time no. magazine, which also memorably described him as a megalomaniac a megalomaniacal bigot, misogynist, peeping Tom, hypochondriac. <laughs> That's how they Jesus. described him in Time magazine. <laughs> God. Also, as one of the most bizarre Americans in the history of the Republic. <laughs> I would say he's pretty bizarre. <laughs> he was killed killed by the Prudential Building, whose audible construction agitated him so much that he shot himself in his apartment. i keep thinking that i hear the strangest thing about him (laughs) and then you keep telling me more about him and i keep finding out more strange things about him (laughs) finally his diary was unpublished during his life and was only released a few years before twin peaks came out when his elderly widow finally passed away in 1985 The work was widely celebrated for the social portraits of 20th century America reported within its pages. Hmm. Weird. Sounds interesting. Someone should do a podcast on him. I haven't looked it up, but I feel like he'd be a good podcast subject. (laughs) Probably. I don't know if I have any desire to read his diary, but... No. No. (laughs) But I did quickly Google him and apparently his diary is 17 million words long and is one of the longest English language diaries on record. I didn't know we had a record of those diaries. (laughs) So I guess multiple reasons not to read it. (laughs) Do you think there's a library of diaries somewhere? Probably. (laughs) I'm sure that there are like- Digitize those diaries. Yeah, well, I'm sure there are like other famous diaries that people probably have published and, you know, yeah. like, you know, Diary Van Frank and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure there are other like people's diaries that we probably would be like, I, I want to read that diary. We know from our Jane Austen stuff that like diary keeping was pretty prolific back in the day. Yeah. Among yeah. a certain group of people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's probably so, a million English girl diaries out there (laughs) (laughs) I would love to go to like either like a library or like a bookstore that is like completely just like people's like famous people's diaries yeah in history (laughs) and just like read some like people that I want to read about that'd be really cool yeah I bet you can find a lot of really interesting stuff oh yeah okay so then I think it was last week whenever we did Donna I used an Mm -hmm. article from Disobedient Sounds by Laura Stewart And there was a little section that was a theory about Harold. And so I thought I would say it. The only problem is I can't do the whole theory because some of it pertains to the next episode. So I'm just, I made a note in my, a mark in my notes to come back to this so we can hear the end of the theory next episode. But okay, I'll tell you the first part. (laughs) She says she's gone on about it quite a lot and she doesn't think anyone has ever agreed with her. But <laughs> I love a theory. I don't care how. Oh, there it is. Okay, she thinks that the Tremonts put all of this, all the pieces in place for the encounter between Harold and Donna to take place. Okay. She says that they knew that Harold had Laura's diary, and that the secrets kept inside could have revealed the true 
Killer Bob. She thinks that they, and I guess probably there should be some explanation that they do show up again in Firewalk With Me, so it's not like they don't have any relevance to the story besides that right. one scene. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they so they knew the secrets could have revealed the true killer, Bob. And they used Donna as a pawn, knowing that she was wired to find out who really killed her best friend and desperately trying to get her new love off the hook. And she played the part perfectly. She tricked poor Harold along with Maddie. And Harold was led outside. His arms start to shake. And she thinks that when he went outside was when Bob could see him. And so marked him at that point. <laughs> so anyway, I don't think I did a very good job of explaining it. But because I realized as I was explaining it that there's stuff from the next episode and from Firewalk with me that might be relevant to this theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure when we get to Firewalk with me and kind of come full circle, we'll reference back to this. Yeah. Yeah. Because Harold and, is in it. He's in Firewalk with me. Right, right, right. I wonder if the Tremonts are considered the gifted and they've seen Bob. Mm. Well, we definitely, I really don't know how much we learn about them in the series, but... They're definitely like a weird, creepy part of this whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll learn more about them. Okay, and there's no trading card for Harold, which I was surprised about. Hmm. <laughs> and I looked up what sign is most likely to be agoraphobic, and every single <laughs> woman's magazine agrees that cancer is the sign. <laughs> <laughs> every single thing I looked up said cancer is agoraphobic. So we're going to give him a cancer. Which is the same as Laura, funnily enough. Huh, <laughs> so weird. But you know what? Oh my gosh. Her birthday is like the 22nd, right? Uh, maybe? I don't remember. Anyway, I thought I, somebody was just talking, I heard somebody talking the other day about how their birthday was like right on the cusp of cancer and Leo and they thought that they were a cancer their whole life and was like, I didn't feel like a cancer. And then found out that actually because of, the exact time they were born they're actually a leo and oh. like everything made sense to them and I, I still feel like being a cancer feels like it could be laura but i could see her being a leo too <laughs> oh yeah she's definitely one to take charge and <laughs> yeah and she has like she likes people to look at her she's got a big heart yeah but well we won't try to uh second guess her <laughs> starting <laughs> for her but we'll say that Harold is a... I'm just going to say cancer. I didn't even look up... I couldn't find a good description of why cancer is agoraphobic, except for, like, they're a crab, and so they keep their house on their back, and, you know, they like comfortable things. Yeah, I can totally see that. Familiar things. Yeah. And then I didn't know what to do for D&D. &D. I said <sighs> neutral evil or neutral neutral, perhaps. I just... He doesn't seem chaotic just because he's so tight. You know, like, everything is... Yeah. <sighs> He won't let things be chaotic. <laughs> yeah, I would he say is pretty chaotic, I guess. Yeah, well, I would argue that we only kind of see him during a chaotic time, yeah, um, which you could argue that Donna brought on. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. Um, I I kind of like neutral, neutral. Yeah, I think that's very fitting. Yeah, because uh, he's not lawful or chaotic, really, and he's not really good or evil. No, no. He's he got seems a little to... bit of both going on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think he kind of 
is very much a person who assesses the situation and then reacts to it in a self-preservation kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, cancer, neutral, neutral. That's I think it's our, our first Definitely neutral, our neutral. First neutral, neutral. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been tempted before, but. He's, a, I think, a true neutral, neutral and agoraphobic. Yeah. Well, we didn't say the giant was neutral, did we? He was good. He ended up being good. Yeah, I think he was good. All right. Final thoughts for this episode. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. It was really, it was a really good, I feel like it's an episode that's going to kind of stick out for me. Mm-hmm. At least so far out of all the ones we've watched. Just because we've got so many like maybe like uh we're on the verge of things happening we're on the verge of maybe Josie leaving of finding out who the killer is of finding out you know who Bob is inhabiting kind of and you know is is like what's gonna happen with Ben now that Audrey knows everything and (laughs) I'm excited to get more Audrey I you know we've kind of had this lack of Audrey for this last few episodes which is a crime in my book yeah and she does get out of the bed next episode, so. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, we have more. And so I'm I'm excited to see how this all pans out. And I want to yeah. know who the killer is now. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to, I want you to come over and watch it with me right now. But we have to wait a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only a couple days and then uh, my mind will be blown. Yeah. I will say, I just, I am a, really excited that this time watching through I'm discovering how much I really like Leslie Lincoln Gladder I should yeah I feel like now I have to look her up and see what else she's directed and try out some of her other stuff I remember that first episode in season one was the one where they went to the log lady's house uh-huh. and it had a lot of really cool stuff that was going on with the direction and I was noticing in this one the way she did a lot of transitions like we start with the belt buckle and then figure out who it is. And then we kind of like swoop across Josie and it kept moving and it felt fast paced and it still had all of the like drawn out Twin Peaks moments. So right, I'm, I'm very happy. I cannot wait to watch the next episode with you and to your podcast it. Hopefully yes. it's not going to be like a two hour episode, but <laughs> it can be a little long. <laughs> I'd say I, I would say it's next episode is definitely going to be a little bit longer than usual just because We'll probably be talking about so much. Yeah, we may have a special guest, hopefully. Yes. So that always makes us talk a little bit extra. It does. It does. And oh, I'm just so excited. I'm, and it, what's so crazy to me is that next episode, and I know that we briefly touched on why we'll be finding out because they were kind of forced to reveal. But yeah. I'm also like, I'm like, what is the rest of the series going to be like? That's what's so exciting. There's still so, so many. Much. Yeah. yeah. So I'm yeah. really excited. Oh, Me I love too. the show. <laughs> Yay. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm probably the most excited to get more Nadine. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Me too. I cannot wait yes. to see Nadine's yes. storyline. Oh, she's my favorite. <laughs> There's so much more to come. So much. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think this week I will recommend, um, let's go for another video game. (laughs) Ooh, okay. I was going to recommend a show, but I feel like uh, I'm probably going to watch one more episode of it tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm coming really slow through it, so I'll probably it's probably a better one for episode seven. But you know how I love my adventure games, especially point click yes. adventure games. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I thought I'd recommend one that is really great. It's called Thimbleweed Park. Okay. And you play it's got a kind of a Twin Peaks feel. I think there are definitely Twin Peaks Easter eggs within it. You're, you start off, I think, as a couple of detectives solving a murder, but there's like a whole bunch of characters that you play throughout. There's like a video game developer girl who comes in, and it's really, a, it's a pretty big game. Like, you don't, ex- usually those kind of games can be like, you know, you can play them in like three or four hours, but that one takes a while. It's got all this stuff that adds on and adds on, and it's got a really fun ending. And I think it's by, I want to say, Someone Gilbert who had used to do the LucasArts games. Oh, interesting. Perhaps I could be wrong about that, but it's not like a company that did a lot. It's just like this one guy who did this one video game, and I don't think he like developed. I think he just went on to work for other video games after this. I don't think he did any other big grant video games. But mm-hmm. yeah, you can play it on. I know you can play it on the Switch and iOS and Steam. So you can probably play it anywhere, but Thimbleweed Park, it's really fun. <laughs> and <laughs> don't bother picking up all the little spots <laughs> of dust. <laughs> well, I love a good game recommendation. I'm like, I'm such in like a video game mode lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm replaying that Watch Dogs game that I've recommended before. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm doing it so slow this time because I'm like, I'm going to not rush through the whole story. I'm going to like do everything (laughs) that I want to do. But there are so many other games that have recently kind of come out that I'm like, I don't have $300 to buy a million games. So I'm really upset that I can't buy them all at once. So So put them all on your wish list and I'll tell you. It's on sale today. (laughs) That's such a good idea. I'm going to do that right when we get to the podcast because I'm like always like, I'm like checking the marketplace and I'm like, why isn't it on sale yet? I need it to be like, Maybe there'll be this weekend. Maybe this weekend. So I don't know if PlayStation does it, but I know Nintendo does. Whenever I something on my wish list goes on sale, because mm-hmm. it's so hard, I have to like check it every so often and be like, "What new games are out?" Because it'll just be so many that I'm like, I don't even know where to yeah. start. <laughs> yeah, I remember for Josh's birthday, I was looking at maybe like, oh, maybe I'll get him a new video game, and I looked at because he he likes a lot of like adventure games and stuff so I looked through like the adventure category and <laughs> after a while I was like I don't there's so much to choose from I don't <laughs> know if I could just settle on something yeah maybe I should ask for recommendations from the audience if any of you guys are into uh-huh. adventure games like me like this kind of Thimbleweed Park and like which other ones have I done Unavowed the other week mm-hmm. if you know of one because I'm always looking through lists of what's a good adventure game and I feel like I've gone through all of them so I need people to recommend some to me so that I can find <laughs> new ones I never discovered before <laughs> oh, that's the best feeling is when you discover a game that you're like oh I love this game and I know you never had any idea of it <laughs> did you think of one I did I don't I'm I'm 90% sure I've never recommended this <laughs> but if I have I apologize but I am going to recommend a TV show, an animated show called Duncanville. Oh, I've never heard you recommend that one before. Okay, that's, I think it's a good sign then. Um, <laughs> I, oh, is it on, it's either on NBC or Peacock. 
I can't remember which one it is, but it's an animated <laughs> comedy and it Isn't was, that the same thing, NBC and Peacock? Well, you know, there are some things that are like Peacock exclusive that you can't get, oh. that you, like, you know, that are, not, that are not on like cable, I guess you could say. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but I think we watch it through Peacock. So it's on there at least. Okay. But it's a TV show that was created by Amy Poehler and Mike Scully. Um, and it's- I love Amy Poehler. Me too. Which I think, I don't know if she has another show with Nick Offerman that's like a competition show that I don't think I've recommended that when that comes back, I definitely will recommend because it's really good. Oh yeah, that's a great show. <laughs> I'm, or maybe you've recommended it. We'll have to look, but. We might have. I didn't never make a list of what we recommend, so I no, never know I should have done that because knowing me, I probably have said things more than once. But <laughs> this it just came back for its new season and it was so funny and it's so good and it's just got a great cast. Amy Poehler voices a couple characters, Ty Burrell does, Ricky Lindholm, Yasser Lester, Betsy Sodaro. It's got a lot of great comedy people. Kathy Najimy is in it too. It's just so funny. And What's it about? It's about this guy, this kid named Duncan. He's like a teen in high school. And he, it's about his family and his mom, who's voiced by Amy Poehler. And he has, uh, his dad's uh, Ty Burrell. And he's got like a younger sister who's like a preteen. And, you know, she's kind of like a brat. And then they've got this youngest sister who's like adopted. And she's kind of like, I think she's supposed to be like five or six maybe but she's like it's one of those things where she's like oh she's clearly like very intelligent (laughs) like very much (laughs) older than she is and she's really funny and it's just like about them growing as a family and going through life and it's just it's really really good Josh just texted me because he heard me it's on Fox so (laughs) (laughs) not on those other ones that I said um But it's really good. It's really funny. And it just came back for its second season. So you could probably watch all the first season. And it's just really good. I love it. So, but do you watch it on, you don't watch it on Peacock then? No, I think we watch it on Fox. So okay. I'm, I'm stupid. I don't pay attention when he clicks on the thing to watch it. So I don't know what pops up. <laughs> but if you just say Dunkville into your Apple TV, it will pull it up. Okay. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. I'll yeah, have to try I, that one. I love a good animated, like semi-adult funny show and it's got good people in it so yeah i love amy fuller so (laughs) yeah all right well if you would like to write in a recommendation for us or if you want to write in anything that we talked about on this episode or how sometimes your memory fails you when it comes to little details (laughs) (laughs) or if you were just thinking that donna seems like a Catherine Moreland type or <laughs> Anne Elliot would fit in really well here. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> yes. Any crossover theories are great. Um, <laughs> you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And we have a support button there if you would like to give us a few dollars to help us out with our technological improvement fund. And (laughs) (laughs) also, we're still wanting to hear your ideas if you would like a Patreon or what kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that you like on Patreon or find valuable on there or you would like to see from us. So let us know. And also, we really appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating or a review Yes, please. Um, on Apple Podcasts. 
Yeah, they're greatly appreciated. <laughs> Very much so. And that's it for today. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll be back. Oh, God. I forgot to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't remember the chapters. I hope you do. This is it seven, be, so. This is a closing, right? Or no, this is six, so it should be 19 through 21, I believe. Yes. We'll be back with Persuasion. And then we'll do episode seven the next week. Oh, I can't wait. And then we're almost to the finales of both. I mean, not finale of Twin Peaks, but, you know, the end of our time. Our stopping point. For yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we hope you're enjoying the the end of our summer book. vacation. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so excited for our summer vacation full time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we can't wait. Yes. But we hope you're all enjoying your summertime as well. And hopefully you can find some body of water to jump into if it's yes. super hot. Oh my god, it's so hot. I'm over it. <laughs> it's good though, because the pool like went up four degrees today. Yeah, uh, Josh told me, and I'm, I'm thankful for the heat for that, but I'm not thankful that I have to step outside in pants. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I never have to it's do annoying. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, only for this week. After this week, I'll be permanently working from home, and I can wear shorts, and... Woo! Uh, to not walk outside and immediately want to jump into the street is a great feeling. It's too bad it's not as acceptable for men to wear sundresses because that is the best thing to wear. This uh, it's <laughs> annoying. I would like to not feel like I'm dying of heat every time, but whatever. Yeah, we need to find you an appropriate sundress. I would <laughs> gladly House wear dress? it. <laughs> I'll gladly wear it. <laughs> We'll find something. Yes. Maybe on one of our trips. Oh, we're going on trips? <laughs> we always go on trips. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have some sort of fun trip planned soon. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Josh were just talking about winning the lottery earlier today. <laughs> yes. We would I'm, like to. <laughs> I'm manifesting it. It's going to happen. So pretty soon you'll have a podcast full of lottery winners. <laughs> yes. Hopefully. We'll be <laughs> broadcasting live from the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that is all for today. So we will yes. see you next week. Yes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Good night. <laughs>